Next, on the OHIO Podcast, we review Ohio State's big win over Toledo, and we answer all the listener questions, and that starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who will win. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from another victorious North Central Ohio, where I am joined by both of my co-hosts from Marion, Ohio, Chris Wilds. He was also my Buckeye brethren on D-Deck yesterday. Chris, how are you? Oh, man. It was... I'm still recovering. It was such a good time last night, Eric. And, and, you know, can't say enough about the experience of the game yesterday. You and I got to experience my, experience it. Uh, my wife and a friend of hers that went for the first time got to experience it. You know, we had some friends come in and experience that with us as well that uh, you're going to talk about here a little bit later. Uh, just a great, great game for everybody to come down and check out, too. And we're also joined by Aaron Brown. Uh I was so excited, Aaron, because your preview, <laughs> it's like its like watching the script, like reading the script and then watching the movie take place. <laughs> because when they went trips right, I was like, oh, Chris, they're going to run the ball the other way on a sweep. And Eichenberg, or no, it's still Chambers, blew it up. And I was like, that's coaching, man. That's coaching. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, I just <laughs> – I mean, I, I didn't get to watch the whole game, but I know a lot of like what I was looking at on the film took place. Like a, a lot of the stuff in, that I put in the preview that that kind of it happened. Yep, it absolutely did. You look like Nostradamus, man. So <laughs> well, well done, my friend. Well done. All right, guys, before we get diving into the show, I've got to let you know, Chris and I have a huge weekend coming up. We are going to be in Pittsburgh with the Alumni Club of Pittsburgh, PA. We are going to be at um, Mike's Beer Bar, which is at 110 Federal Street. It's right across from the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirates Stadium. And we are going to have a huge tailgate party in conjunction with the Alumni Club of Pittsburgh starting at 6.30 this Saturday, September 24th. We're calling the event Blackout the Berg. 
Of course, the Buckeyes will be wearing their all-black unis against Wisconsin this upcoming Saturday at 7.30. So if you live in or around the Pittsburgh area, maybe you live in eastern Ohio near Pittsburgh and just a short drive for you, why don't you come out and be with Chris and I, have some uh, some great food, some prizes. I think we're going to do a 50-50 raffle drawing with some awesome prizes Chris, I know that uh, Wargo's got a uh, a Michigan pinata that we get to beat on. I think that's awesome. And that cake was so good last year, and he's bringing that back this year, Chris. Cannot wait for this event, man. Yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, that was our first live uh, well, live show we really traveled for. And right. Yeah, they were just so good to us last year. I can't wait to go back. Always a good time to get to hang out with uh, – you know, Mike Wargo and, and the Alumni Club there in Pittsburgh. And uh, like you said, it's not a far drive for, for folks in the East Liverpool area, for the folks in the Youngstown area, Austin Town, uh, the Warren area up there in eastern Ohio. Um, you know, uh, Hubbard, I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that where uh, Kathy is from, was Hubbard High School, if I'm not mistaken? Come out. Maybe he'll get some more action this week. Come check him out with us. I mean, yeah, just, uh, you know, such a great time. These guys put on such a good event for us, Eric, and I just love being there. I'm so excited. Yep. Again, that's this Saturday, September 24th at 6.30 p.m. at Mike's Beer Bar, which is 110 Federal Street in Pittsburgh, PA. We'd love to see you and meet you. All right, guys, we've got a show that we are a game that we need to talk about. So let's dive right into yesterday's beatdown of the Rockets of Toledo, 77 to 21, a record setting day for Ohio State. I want to get your initial reaction. Chris, you were you and I were sitting together there in D deck. Great seats, by the way, buddy. Good job there. Your initial reaction of yesterday's win. I loved it. I mean, it was great. We had, first of all, I mean, you you and I talked about a little bit in that first quarter. We got a little bit concerned there when Henderson went down. But I'll tell you, it was just tremendous balance offensively. We finally got to see that type of offensive production we've been waiting to see all year. Uh, you know, defensively, yeah, we've still got some work to do. But first of all, let's give credit where credit was due. That quarterback, Finn, he's legit. That that kid is a gamer. Uh, and uh, he did a good job for Toledo. Um, but really, I thought overall a great game. Uh, like you said, maybe uh, Jim Knowles and Ryan Day might have been listening in to uh, our preview show because Aaron called it. He dialed it up, and uh, they did a pretty good job of handling it for the most part. So, yeah, I'm 100% pleased. Uh, you know, what, what more can you say after after watching that beatdown? It was a great game. We had a great time. Um, let me give a shout-out to our Aussie Australian listeners, uh, Matt and Grant, who uh, came out this week, and then uh, I was honored to give them kind of a, a, a Central Ohio football uh, weekend, uh, dream weekend. I picked them up. Uh, I wanted to give them a good American experience, so I took them to uh, took them to out the Texas uh, Roadhouse for for dinner there. On Friday, it was either that or the Outback Steakhouse, and they they thought that was a pretty good joke. So, 
<laughs> but but uh, took him to Texas Roadhouse and had a good dinner. And then we went to uh, they wanted to go to a high school uh, football game. And I love the reasoning why I asked him. I was like, so why did you want to go to a high school game? And Aaron, he said it's because the show Friday Night Lights. It was a really big deal in Australia. Really? And yeah, and they just they just don't have high school sports like we do here in the States. Uh, sounds like for them, everything is more club driven, you know, kind of like an AAU type of environment. And he just loved the pageantry that he saw in Friday Night Lights. And so he wanted to experience that. So we went here to the local game between Delaware Hayes and Westerville North. Got to see Stanley Jackson's boys who play for Westerville North. And I think uh, quarterback and running back. And, and Delaware, uh, believe it or not, Aaron, has got themselves a team. They are 4-1. and one. They put up almost 60 points and over 400 yards passing Friday night. Yeah. My cousin plays safety for him. Okay. Eight They're good. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was your cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had a good game. Um, they, good. They, they are a good team. And they're mostly juniors is the thing. So, nice. uh, yeah, they're going to have a couple real nice years here at Delaware. So, very excited. My, my nephew is the left tackle and defensive end, and he's having himself a great year. Uh, he's going to get start to get phone calls from small D1 schools. I, I, you can just he, he's got great size. So, uh, long as that footwork can uh, continue to improve and he and he stays true and and uh, the weight room. The thing about him is is he's really really good at lacrosse, like maybe big time D1 like Ohio State type of recruit in lacrosse. So um, <clears throat> we'll see we'll see how how he decides to lean as as he gets inches closer to his senior year. Anyways, that was fun. Got to show them what Ohio State was all about. Got to visit Buckeye Grove. We did some interviews. Make sure you check those out on the Facebook page. And, of course, the game was great. We'll dive into all of that. But that's my initial reaction from yesterday was just it was a great day to be a Buckeye fan and to get to baptize a couple, uh, as we call them, virgin fans. Their first time at the shoe baptize them in the name of the father son and scarlet and gray so a lot of lot of fun man aaron your initial reaction of yesterday's big win over the rackets how am i supposed to follow that good luck what <laughs> like why you know what i mean okay so i'll follow it with this all right so i said in the beginning of the show i didn't really get to watch the game but that's because i was in uh, fort worth which is you know dallas area last night uh <laughs> i attended a burt kreischer uh comedy show Cool. And uh, yeah, it was killer. It was so much fun. Um, just not the driving part. That was not fun. Uh, but as far as the game goes, uh, from what I saw, and I saw some highlights of the second half. I just haven't seen it in its entirety yet. But uh, C.J. Stroud ran the ball. <laughs> everybody, everybody was sending us messages about. We wonder if Aaron, what Aaron's doing right now. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't realize that uh, people <laughs> – oh, that's too much. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty good. I love our listeners. That's yeah, awesome. I, I literally got we – we were getting messages from people. <laughs> that is cool. That is super cool. Thank you guys for messaging and, and thinking about my words. That is that is really cool though for real. Uh, but yeah, he ran the ball. Uh, you know, people I, – I did see some comments and some people were – Still freaking out about the secondary, okay? Let me kind of calm some nerves a little bit, all right? It doesn't matter if it's Toledo. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Tulsa. 
uh, or Alabama, all right? Secondaries are going to get exposed. There's going to be long plays, okay? It's about limiting those plays. How many long plays did Toledo really have? They had about, what, three or four? Four. They had four over 15 yards. Yeah, four in 60 minutes, okay? Two of them were touchdowns, and the other two didn't matter. Uh, I mean, it, 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 that's just that's how football is played, guys. I don't our secondary does not have a major issue. Yeah, Denzel Burke is is not playing at his best that he can right now, but I'm not freaking out about it. Like it, it wasn't even Burke that got burned on the on the touchdown. It was Cam Brown, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it was Burke's man who caught the Hail Mary that he kind of fell behind on. And well, then, okay, yeah, I saw that. I, was, that I, was, I guess I was thinking of the first touchdown. That was what, well, yeah, that was Burke. That was Denzel Burke's only bad play yesterday, in all honesty. Okay, so again, I'm not freaking out about that. That that's going to happen. Let's chill. Four four plays over 15 yards, guys, over the whole game, and we, you know what I mean. Let's 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 chill a little bit now. If that's happening toward the end of the season against better opponents, you know, uh, where it's like a real egregious type error where he's falling behind a guy on a hail mary, you know, then I'm gonna have some some real questions there. But game three, he is getting better. You know what I mean? We're trending in the right direction. Let's let's all chill. But uh, how about that freshman dude, Dallin Hayden? Wow, that was impressive. Yeah, we're gonna get into the freshman in the second part of this show, big time. Yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I was just very impressed. The offense looked very good, man, and it it wasn't even like the normal offense. You know, JSN. He wasn't like the superstar in this game. I mean, even the – is he a walk-on at T.C. Caffey? T.C. Yeah. Caffey is a walk-on who just had his black stripe uh, removed this week at practice. Yeah, steps in there and scores a touchdown. Good for him, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, the defense, they did good. They did well. Um, the offense looked great. So, I mean, I, I can't complain. I thought it was a good game, man. 77 points. Anytime you can do that, that's a good game for you. Yeah, it's it, it was definitely a, a really awesome to see a lot of um uh, I, I guess legacy guys like uh Saunders the uh, he got in there uh C, uh Caden Saunders uh his daddy played for Ohio State you know that was cool uh, uh Styles got into the game his daddy played for Ohio State there was a lot of cool moments like that that I kind of got I I well it was cool but at the same time I realized I'm getting kind of old cuz it's like I saw your dad's play man like <laughs> yeah this is this is kind of scary stuff man hey, all uh, right yeah go ahead chris and just real quick can I say Sonny Styles hits a lot like his old man did Oh my gosh! That, yeah, my, that, I was impressed with that. Yeah, my dad and I were talking about that today, and let's let's not be reminiscent on the fact. Again, we're we're jumping ahead of the gun here. That boy, seventeen, should be in high school. Yeah, yeah. All right, Buckeye report card for the Toledo game. Here we go. Let's start with the offense first. Yesterday, the offensive numbers were just sick, as the kids would say. Passing yards, four hundred and eighty-two. That included uh, 
367 from Stroud and 115 from backup quarterback Kyle McCord, who looked very comfortable in the third quarter. Rushing yards, 281. Big rusher on the day, Dallin Hayden, 108 yards, the freshman. He's the first running back this season to eclipse 100 yards. And if you had Dallin Hayden on your bingo card as the first Buckeye to get 100 yards rushing, uh, you are a millionaire as of right now. That uh, combined gave, gave Ohio State a total of 763 yards, second most ever in team history. Um, only uh, more than that was against Bowling Green, and I think that was back when Urban was coach. Yeah, it was 2014, wasn't it? 2014, there you go. Yards per play, 9.8 yards per play. First downs, 36 first downs. Third down efficiency, 11 of 13. Oh, my gosh. Time of possession, 35 minutes and 26 seconds, which was something that Ryan Day talked about how they needed to improve. They did. Turnover, zero. My offensive grade, A+. plus. Chris? Is there something higher than an A+, plus? because they deserved it after yesterday. They really did. The way they spread it around, oh, yeah, A+. Plus. Aaron? I just everything that Eric said, and then I want to point this out too. We've talked about penalties in the last two weeks. Yeah. How about one penalty for five yards for the whole game this week? A and, plus. And I loved it when they got it. Ryan was so pissed. <laughs> well, yeah, the idea is to have zero, man. But yeah. hey, one for five, dude. Considering the last two weeks, I will take it. Nice job. That is how you clean yeah. up your team. It is, and it was Cade Stover on a false start. But he had a great game. Three he three catches, did. 83 yards. Again, bingo card. If you had Kate Stover having more yards than Jeremy Ruckert, I, I need to talk to you. I just I no one saw that coming. Flipping over to the other side of the report card on the defensive side. Yesterday the defense allowed 183 yards passing, 124 yards rushing, most of which uh, came from quarterback Daquan Finn, which we will talk about here shortly. Total yards, 307 from Toledo. And if I'm not mistaken, weren't they one of the like higher-ranked offenses coming into the game, Chris? Uh, yes. As I recall, they they came in Fourth? at number, was it 12? 12th? Oh, I thought they were higher than that. Maybe it was defensively where they were. De- like, defensively, I think it was defensively they were third. They were 12th. <laughs> They're not anymore. <laughs> no, I think we, we uh, pretty uh, sufficiently took care of that. Yeah. Yards per play, the Rockets averaged 5.5 yards per play. They did get 13 first downs. Third down efficiency, listen to this. One of the things we talked about in the offseason was getting off the field on third down. Uh, Toledo was 4 of 13 yesterday. Their time on the field was 24 minutes and 34 seconds, so we eclipsed them by almost 11 minutes. And... They turned the football over twice. We did create two turnovers. All right. That 21 points on the the scoreboard there should be interesting. Chris, I'll let you go first. What defensive grade did you give the Buckeyes? Uh, You know, I I went B plus. Uh, They they did have a couple, I think, mental lapses there, uh, specifically defensive backs. But like Aaron said, it's going to happen. But they still, you know, it still occurred. Um, overall, I thought they played very solid. And and something you and I talked about last night, Eric, 
I think we are a whole lot deeper than we actually thought we were. Deeper. Yes, we are. Uh, you know, we worried about some of these young guys, but we saw some of those guys out there really, really performing uh, yesterday. So, uh, again, we, we got into the backfield. We got some pressure. We ended up with, what, uh, with three sacks and nine tackles for loss on the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we did create a couple to- turnovers, so I went B+. Plus. Uh, I was right there with you. I gave him a B. I thought I thought it was a very solid performance. Obviously, if you only give up 10 points to, say, a Notre Dame, you expect that's kind of your baseline, I think, for the season from here, from here on out. Um, and so when you give up 21 to, say, a Toledo, I can't I can't put you in the A's, but uh, I'll give you a B for that performance. And I, it's respectable. Hey, man, pay your fees and get your B's, baby. That's how I went through college. But, but Eric? Can I say that I do think that this Toledo offense was by far the best we've seen so far? I would say I would say that that's Notre Dame. I'm going to disagree. I I'm going to say the quarterback from Toledo is the best offensive player we have seen so far, which means he it might be the best offense we've seen. Okay, yeah, you talked me into it. Uh, Aaron, your defensive grade for the week. You know, I was tinkering on A minus, but after hearing you guys, it's I don't know. I, I, I think I would go with a B plus and I mean I'm I'm gonna go with like an eighty nine percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Because like that that Finn kid, he helped us, believe it or not. You remember we talked last week, Eric, about like is our games like this, scheduling games like this valuable? Yes, they are because of this exact situation of yeah. running quarterback that is that good at doing it. He showed us how to stop that in the future. How can we address this issue? Because he gashed us pretty good. Yeah, that Toledo offense is the minor league version or the AAA version of what you're going to get if you face Alabama. Yes, exactly. So you're going to it's it's kind of like almost like would be like preseason going up again in baseball, going up against a triple A team that, you know, you're going to face the the pros later on. But you you get to see what you're looking at, you know. Um, So, yeah, you you know, you're going to fate. You're going to face that type of quarterback if you get to the college football playoff in the, in the form of Alabama. So there you have it. Uh, all right, cool. So let's hand out some Buckeye leaves now, shall we? Let's start with the offensive player of the game, Aaron. I'm going with C.J. Stroud because, I mean, 367 yards passing, uh, but more so than that, five touchdowns. And he had complete control of the offense. I mean, he was an absolute field general last night so I, I have to give it to him only one well you get upset when i do too <laughs> sorry Corey, you did not win on this prediction yes Corey predicted you would do multiples of multiples. i wanted to i actually had four total but i'm not four I'm total <laughs> yes Corey, Corey sent me a message he goes geez i wonder how many herons gonna have this week <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, Corey, that's the greatest line ever. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what, Aaron? Since since you're you're gonna do that, I'm gonna be you, man. I'm gonna oh, go. No. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to give it to the entire offensive line and C.J. Stroud. That they off- deserve it. That offensive line not only was pretty much a wall for him, but, man, they were creating some big holes, especially early on in the second half when Toledo started to wear down a little bit. Those holes for Dallin Hayden to run through were impressive. Offensive line and C.J. Stroud for me. Chris. Well, I'll tell you what, Eric. I I had two as well. I had C.J. Stroud for the obvious reasons you guys have already talked about, but what about Mayan Williams and just the way that he ran the ball? And you talked about wearing wearing down the defense. Man, he did not go down easy once yesterday. Never does. I was going to say he never does. These defenders. Uh, he never he never does go down easy. He's in fact I think last season if I if I recall this right he led all of college football with the most yards after initial contact. Yeah, and he had what seven average seven average, average yards after initial contact I should say. So yeah, he's 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 a he's a load man. <gasps> all right, Chris, uh, you went last. You get to go first. Defensive player of the game. Ah, uh, for me, uh, it, it's the first one I'm giving him. How about Jack Sawyer? I mean, five tackles total, two for loss. He got a sack yesterday. You know, we spent a lot of time in that backfield, and he he was a big part of that. So I'm going with Jack Sawyer. Yeah, give him two. I went with Jack Sawyer as well. It was really hard to try to find one person who kind of stood out in yesterday's game because statistically the the stats were spread very evenly amongst many guys, which is great because you want your defense to be solid across the board on all three levels, which they, you know, which I think we were getting there. Um, So I went with Jack Sawyer as well. The dude is beginning to become more and more comfortable in that Jack Leo, which is that hybrid defensive end slash linebacker stand up defensive end position. He's getting more and more comfortable as three games into the season. And as we get into Big Ten play, I really think Jack Sawyer's stats are going to start to go higher and higher every week. Yes. Real quick. And, And if Finn was just a step slower. How many sacks do you think he and, and a guy I've been very, you know, very, uh, you know, hard on recently, Zach Harrison? How many things you think they would have combined for you? Well, probably three or four. That guy was just a step slower. Yep, three or four. Like, like Zach. Zach was in the backfield quite a bit yesterday. I was, I was, I had to. Hope maybe, hopefully they listen. They let him listen to our podcast last couple of days. So last couple of shows, maybe that spurred something in him. I don't know. Aaron, your defensive player of the game. Well, you know, I was going to go with Tommy Eichenberg, but now that I think about it, I'm going to go with Javante John Baptiste. He had two sacks, three total tackles. So I don't know. I feel like he should be rewarded for that effort. Two sacks. That's pretty solid. Jack Sawyer, that, that that's what I should do. OK, but uh, he is getting more comfortable in that in that spot. And the way he was hitting that running back. Like there was one where the dude was coming around the end and I think somehow Sawyer ended up behind him and the guy, I don't know if he was spinning or if he got spun around. I don't remember, but Sawyer just drilled him and it was, yeah, Sawyer's going to get a lot of Buckeye leaves moving forward. But this week I'm giving it to uh, Jean Baptiste. And he had the strip sack, didn't he? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Good call, Aaron. He needed, he needed one. Good job. Uh, your offensive play of the game, Aaron. My offensive play of the game, and you know what? Screw it. I'm going with two of them, 
All right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Here we I shouldn't have said anything. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. You done opened up a whole can of worms. All right. Offensive play of the game. My first one, Marvin Harrison's foot dragging first quarter catch. I felt like that was a good one. That was an NFL catch if I ever saw one from him so far this season. That is the second one. Julian Fleming's catch. For him to hold on to the ball like that, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. How yeah. He oh, that. yeah. He got his both. I think it was both feet in and he maintained possession through the fall. And I mean, he didn't have the greatest like positioning on it. He had it trapped against his shoulder, uh, but like he was holding a baby or something. Like if you were going to avoid trouble while holding a baby, that's how you do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I felt like both of those plays deserve some credit. Chris. Well, I'll tell you what, I thought both those plays uh, were tremendous. Uh, another great one was the the touchdown that wasn't by Marvin Harrison that Eric, you and I both know was. Uh, haven't seen so I got a chance to rewatch. He did step out. Did he? Okay. Yeah. All right. But you know what? I'm not going with any of those because I'm going to give a little love to the walk-on. That run that he had, I thought was just great. Uh, Cappy, you know, kind of almost, he was about, and I said it last night, Eric, he was about one more broken tackle from going all beast mode on that one. Uh, the way he was just throwing guys off running down the field. I'm going to give it to Cappy. I am as well. The TC Cappy run where he, he goes into the pile. He was stopped. He's completely stopped. Never stopped turning his legs. Somehow gets out of the of the grabs from those defensive linemen on his jersey, and, and there were some defensive linebackers there who kind of gave up on that play, and they shouldn't have. That's coaching. Spins out of it, heads down the sideline, and like you said, goes beast mode. I will not be denied. This is my one opportunity to get in this end zone, and he does. And like I said at the beginning of the show, this is a walk-on who shed his his black stripe this week. I'm telling you what, guys, we have got some young hungry running backs in this in this room and sometimes you just got to get an opportunity you never know when you got a diamond in a rough and we might have a couple here man the defensive play or hit of the game chris oh there were some good ones out there guys but i'll tell you what i'm going with steel chambers absolutely just destroying the running back coming up, coming around on that that play we talked about, where they were stacked trips to one side and the running back came to the other. You know, I, he just took the legs out from under, yeah. him just blew him up. I thought for a second, from where our our vantage point, Chris, I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, he Willis McGate, he like like he that, that dude's yeah. knee might be going the other direction. Thankfully, he was okay, but great hit there. Yes, um, I'm gonna go with the Ronnie Hickman interception. First turnover of the season for this defense. It wasn't even the first. Uh, it wasn't even the only one in the game. We ended up with two, but it was nice to kind of get that uh, monkey off our back, get that to turnover, and of course it had to be Ronnie Hickman, right? I mean, the the, the dude is uh, was our or was our heart and soul of our defense last year. Awesome to see him get that. That's my defensive player hit of the game, Aaron. Make that two. I also went with the Hickman interception for the same reasons. It was the first turnover. I talked about it in the preview show. I felt like this was going to be a great game for us for like to get opportunities to create turnovers, and they did that. So, uh, Rocket Hickman. 
All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we have got a Facebook poll question that is going to no doubt spur some very interesting conversation amongst the three of us. We've got your questions we need to answer, and we need to take a trip around the uh, Big Ten because once again this week it was the good, the bad, and the ugly. So hang tight. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. Welcome back to the OHIO podcast. Right now, we're going to talk about the fan poll question of the week. So the question is, which true freshman impressed you the most last night? Your options were Caden Curry, Sonny Styles, Dallin Hayden, TC Cappy, Kai Stokes, or Kenyatta Jackson. And before I give away, well, actually, you know what? No, we're going to discuss what we picked. Chris, who did you vote for? Well, you know, there was a lot of them out there. They all looked good last night. Uh, like you said, Hayden, or, you know, what, seven, 17 for 108, I think, and a touchdown. You know, that was great. The the Caffey run was great. But I'll tell you, for me, and I know it was later in the game against, uh, you know, some of the other second and third string guys, but Sonny Styles just looked so good uh, in coverage and, and you know, coming up against the run. I think we've got a real diamond in the rough. And like I told Eric last night as we were sitting there, this is a kid who really hasn't even grown into a college body yet. 17 years old and he's out there taking on 22, 23 year old guys and just handling them. So yeah, for me, I, I'm, I'm going to say Sonny Styles. That's not a bad pick. You know, he, I thought he looked really good. He looked like he was ready to play. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the season, he's getting more reps out there in games, uh, not just necessarily garbage time either. Uh, Eric, who'd you go with? Believe it or not, I actually had the same one, Aaron. Um, wow. Yeah, I I just – it it maybe it was just in person. He is everywhere on that field, Aaron. Yeah. He has a nose for the football. Um, even if he's not the first one there on the tackle, he's he's at the football. So he's pursuing the football incredibly well. I, I'm assuming, Aaron, that that's instinctual as a as a defensive back player. You know, that comes with, a, you know, experience and, and, and just, you know, I, maybe it's in his DNA. You know, it's just kind of instinctual football player. But here's the thing, man. When he gets to the ball carrier, he lays the wood and – he he's 17 freaking years old. Like that's not what a 17 year old kid should be doing to, to grown ass 22 year old men. <laughs> and he is uh, yeah. like, you know, like, you know, like we, we talk about old man strength. How did this 17 year old kid get old man strength, man? Look at his dad. Oh my gosh. I was super impressed with that. I know that he's not going to win this poll, but and, and here's the thing. We're going to talk about a lot of these guys in a second here because I want to dive into some of this. But, Aaron, I'm telling you what. When I walked out of that stadium, yeah, it's awesome what Dallin Hayden did. It's awesome what T.C. Caffey did. But I walked out of that sta- stadium saying to myself, we got Caden Curry and Sonny Styles for at least two more years. Yeah. 
yeah, we definitely have some some serious youth and they're talented. Like they're like ready to play. I feel like, uh, you know how urban Meyer was like, I don't care who you are. You're, you know, if, if you're the one of the best 11, you're going to go play. I feel like these two probably would have been either starting or I- at least heavy rotation very quickly. Um, so I went with Dallin Hayden. I'm not going to lie. I went, I went with Dallin Hayden because I wasn't sure what we had when, like, it left in the tank when uh, Pryor went down. Right. So I was like, all right, so let's let's see what we got. And I know we got a little bit of him last week, I think, against Arkansas State. But last night was a real, true introduction to who this kid is. And to see T.C. Caffey do what he did, man, it, it, Chris nailed it. Like, he looked like a smaller Marshawn Lynch on that carry. Just killing it. Um, but yeah, Dallin Hayden, man, he, he carried a full game load. I mean, 17 carries for 108 yards. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, and, and he's the first to break a hundred yards in a game this season over the two guys in front of him. Like I'd never would have guessed ever, but to give the results of the poll this week, uh, in last place was Kenyatta Jackson with no votes at all. Got one catch. Or no, sorry, he he got in late in the game, made a tackle, I thought, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I didn't expect too many votes, if any, for him anyway. But uh, right in front of him was Kai Stokes uh, with yeah. 1%, Caden Curry with 3%, uh, T.C. Caffey got 6%, our runner-up was Sonny Styles with 13% of the votes, and the winner with 77% of the votes was Dallin Hayden. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so, no, su- no surprise, really. Yeah, no. So do you remember the quote, Aaron, maybe, and Chris, I'm trying to remember if I have this quote right from John Cooper. And he used to say, if a dog's going to bite, he's going to bite as a pup. Do I have that quote right? That's close. Okay. I remember him talking, and it was, it's, and it's, it's, it's on based on the fact of if, if you get a kid as a freshman, he's going to show you he's going to be a player as a freshman when he gets the opportunity. Um, you brought up Urban Meyer a minute ago, Aaron. Urban had the philosophy that you had to earn your time through special teams. I don't know that we can do that anymore, given the 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 era that we are in with um, you know the transfer portal and the urgency to win overall. Right. Can I read you guys a quote this week that Ryan Day had that reminded me so much of that quote from John Cooper? He says when you and and, and this was based on a question that was given to him uh, about Caden Curry and how Caden Curry looked uh, in late late in the game against Arkansas State. He says, when you step on the field, are you doing your job? Are you producing Are you doing the things we have done in practice? And it doesn't matter what the score is, especially for a young player to get out there and show what he can do. In a game, there is a lot to process. We call it the fog of war. Things can get foggy real fast. Some guys, they thrive in that kind of environment. I thought that was a great quote from Ryan Day. When it when talking about young guys when they get on the field for the first time late in the game, two things. Number one, 
people who are like, hey, you should take your foot off the gas and be more polite. These these kids deserve to have every bit the same chance to go out there and show what they can do as the starters. You know, that's your job as the opponent to stop them. Right. Do you think Clemson felt bad for us when they were beating us? What was it? Thirty one nothing. No, they would have put another seven burger on that scoreboard if they could. You know, that is your job. Chris Spielman said, play better. You know, it's not my it's not my job to go light because you can't stop us. You need to get better. And Ryan Day has that same philosophy. Now, he he did go a little bit, you know, on the conservative side after that big touchdown catch that made it seven, 70 to nothing. But they still didn't stop T.C. Caffey, did they, when he ran for that touchdown in the fourth quarter? So I don't feel bad for Toledo. And as far as these young kids getting in and playing, Chris and I talked about it, man. Our depth is impressive, Aaron. It, it is really good. Like, there's not much of a drop off from the first to second and the second to third string defensively. There really isn't. And we're going to need that as the as the season wears on. We're going to need that just as much on the defense as we do the offense. So it was it was very refreshing to me to see Jaden Ballard get out there and make a splash. To see TC mm-hmm. Caffey do what he did. To see Dallin Hayden can carry a game. You know. That was really refreshing and reassuring to see that because we haven't really seen that in a long time. Exactly, exactly. Chris, you got any thoughts on that before we move on to the questions? You guys ready to answer our listener questions? Well, I'll tell you, I was just so impressed by those young guys, Eric. I mean, you know, Kathy out there just running so angry. You know, Hayden, you know. You mentioned it last night, look, looking like Beanie Wells out there throwing that stiff arm at times. Same thing with Caffey. Uh, you know, we have got a lot of young talent. And I'll tell you, that running uh, back depth, which we were really concerned about all of a sudden, looks like it may be really deep. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll tell you, I think that this team, top to bottom, may be one of the best rosters we've had. Yeah, and as far as Dallin Hayden is concerned <laughs> – I mentioned this to you last night. Yeah, the wiggle. Yeah, okay. Aaron, I want your opinion on this. Chris agrees with me. I am not saying Dallin Hayden is this guy. I am I am not. I he's not he's not cut from the same cloth, but I saw a little bit of Dobbins wiggle a little bit in him. You see a little JK Dobbins wiggle? I mean, there's a little bit of that first kind of wiggle cut, and boom, he's gone. Like, he hits the hole hard. And I have the breakaway speed, but he has the wiggle. But, you know, J.K. didn't either that freshman year, remember? J.K. got caught from behind quite a bit, guys, in that freshman year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, he is a one-cut back. That's what that's called. He's a one-cut back, one-cut and go. That's how Adrian Peterson was as well, you know, and, and a lot of people, you know, a, a, everybody knows who AP is, all right? But J.K. Dobbins, he was like that. Um, so, I mean, a, a one-cut back can have a lot of success in this offense, as we know. So, uh, I, I mean, yeah, I saw it, but I think that, it, like you said, Eric, he just needs – you know, he just needs to develop that speed a little bit, and that will come with strength. I mean, I think he's only like 195 pounds. 
I think mm-hmm. J.K. was what two fifteen, two ten, somewhere in there. Yeah, J- J.K. got up to like two twenty, two twenty five, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, but that's over the course of his career. But right, yes, and, right. And strength was built behind that, so that's why we saw such a marked improvement in J.K.'s game year after year. So, I mean, I think this was a great start for Hayden. I think he's he's he has the potential. I'm not saying it is the same. I'm with you, Eric. It's not the same cloth, but maybe something similar. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, hey, Mayan Williams was a three-star guy too. Yeah. And and look at how we we all love to watch him run too. He's I I still attest I've never seen someone run as angry as he does when he's he carries violent. the ball. Yeah. He welcomes it. He wants it. Um. All right. Let's jump into these questions, guys. First up, Brian Lee Oberst emailed me. How about that offensive performance? Wow, is all I can say. Oh, and that defense looks legit. And then he asks, are you worried about running quarterbacks going forward, or is this something we will look at film and make the right adjustments? Aaron, this one is yours. We kind of talked about this a little bit. You know how I feel, man. I feel like for some reason that is our Achilles heel defensively. It has been, gosh, as long as I can remember, what's going on here with the defense? Is this something we can be able to adjust to? In this Jim Knowles safety-driven defense, what's he going to do to adjust to this? Or is this something that could be a problem for us down the road? Well, you know, as you were reading that, I was thinking in my mind, what what would I do if I was calling the defense? Okay, I, I don't want to say that it's going to be a problem moving forward. I'm 100% confident in Jim Knowles looking at this and making some corrections, you know, Um But if it's me, what I would do is I would have, you know, we have the three down linemen. I would send the defensive end, the down defensive end. And then I would have one of the other tackles not necessarily blitz or like pursue the quarterback. Okay. But I would send the other defensive tackle to do that along with the jack. That way the outsides are covered. You got one linebacker behind him and another linebacker doing coverage or whatever uh, happens on a on a on a pass. So let's I'm 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 envisioning playing Alabama right now, okay? Right. Because that's to me that's the that's the target. I'm I feel like they are probably going to meet us in a semifinal game or a championship game. So I'm that's my target right now in my head. Um, and they're also, you know, you said Toledo is like Alabama light and that's, that's accurate. Um, so I talked on the preview show. I said, if the, if the D line gets too far upfield, that, that quarterback's going to step forward and take off. And that's exactly what he did. And he gashed us all night. And the reason is, is because all of our linemen and the Jack were coming too far forward. But if you have at least one of the defensive tackles or any mix, really, um, I'm bringing both at least two guys around the edges, have one in the middle on the line, kind of sit back and have the linebacker also reading um, and staying home. That way you have at least two guys on both sides of the hash mark. Like, you know what I mean? On both hash, not on the hash marks, but you get what I'm saying on both sides of the line that are able to pursue if they need to. And that is. I think would at least limit a running quarterback because I don't think Bryce Young is as fast as what we saw, but he is an effective runner the same way that we saw. So I have complete confidence that Jim Knowles is going to get this thing fixed. 
All right. Uh, let's stay with the defense questions. And, Chris, this one is for you, and it's it's projecting a little bit forward here from our buddy Eric Osbeck. The defense still seems to be giving up around three big plays per game. I think that's very accurate, Eric. I, I think we're giving up about three or four big plays a game. How is that going to affect us against Wisconsin looking forward, Chris? You know, I don't know that it's going to really affect us as much versus Wisconsin because, believe it or not, I don't have the confidence in Graham Mertz that I had in Finn to make the play right now. Uh, But, you know, overall, just looking forward, like Aaron said earlier on, these plays, you're going to give up a couple of games. The big question is, how do you react, and can you limit them? And I do think we can limit them. I am not concerned about that at all. I think we're going to continue to improve, going to limit those plays, and we're going to get better as the year goes on. All right. Aaron, this one's from you, from um, Nick Quint. Uh, Hello, thank you for answering my question last week. Well, thank you for sending one, Nick. We appreciate that. I have another one for you. Do you think our defense needs more work? I feel like we keep getting beat with the long ball. Do you think, and this is kind of a two-parter, so let's answer that one first, and then I'll have you both answer the next one. So do you think our defense needs more work? I feel like we're getting beat with the long ball. Let's kind of change that a little bit into – our safeties needing more work. How, how as a coach, are you going to approach practice this week, Aaron, when you look at the fact that we seems like we're getting beat one-on-one on the outside quite a bit on the long ball? Well, the answer, the, the right answer to this is yes, they need more work. You always work, stay working, stay getting better because this is not an NFL defense. And until they can stop an NFL offense, they will continue to work. That's the that's the right answer. Continual improvement. That's how you win championships. Don't get complacent. Um, but how do you fix it? Well, it's on TV, it's hard to see like what exactly is going on with the secondary because I, you know, I kind of talked about it last week. You don't really know what they're doing until the ball's in the air and then they pan out there. Like unless somebody's completely lost, hashtag. <laughs> never mind. I'm not even gonna go there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, unless he's completely lost, you know what I mean. You're like you, you, you don't really know. Like what took place? All you really see is your defender chasing down or falling behind the guy or you know what I mean? It's right when the receiver is kind of catching the ball. So you don't really know what happened. And I don't have access like to the film that other coaches get or that they see at practice when coach day and and all those guys are breaking it down. So it's kind of hard to like diagnose exactly what's going on. I know Tanner McAllister wasn't out there. He wasn't playing. So, I mean, when you have that guy not playing, that kind of hurts a little bit. But Lathan Ransom can make up for that. Josh Proctor's been around long enough to know. Um, And I also don't know the defensive call, but it looked like it could have been cover three and the safety got pulled up on the play action on the RPO, which I warned against. You know what I mean? That kind of thing's going to happen. Uh, and if it wasn't cover three, it had to have been like complete man because there was no safety up there. 
and the corner was chasing on the crossing run on that first touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was Cameron Brown that was got, got, yeah, that right. got lost in that. And yeah. that's why I'm saying, I don't think that one was cover three because he wasn't in his third, he was chasing. Right. And that, that shouldn't have been the case. Um, and there was no safety to speak of. So it had to have been a man call. Um, after that, I, I think that they just have to get better at their reads. And RPO is tricky because every time the offensive line is run block, there is no pass block in RPO. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, it gets it gets confusing because as a safety, your first read is the helmet on the D line. Is it high or is it low? If it's low, you know it's a run, so you come forward. But if they don't hand it off, buddy, you're you're in trouble. And and we saw that happen. <laughs> Like you said earlier, Aaron, this was a good game for us because we 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 had we had some things get put on film that we hadn't experienced yet. Yeah. And yeah. so these are teachable moments. Yeah. Um, well, the, the answer. I'm sorry. Let me let me just give him a final answer. The way that you address that, OK, is the safeties. When you know you're playing an RPO offense, the safeties have to be disciplined and stay home, cover their little zone unless it's a man call. OK or a man coverage call, stay home, read the play. You're the last line of defense. Nothing should be getting behind you. So don't get overly eager to come forward. That's the bottom line. Um, Aaron, over yeah. under tackles this season for Bryson Shaw and USC. I'll set it at four. You going over or under? Under. Chris, over. Has, has he played? Chris, over. Oh, Chris, over or under tackles Bryson Shaw at USC this year. I'll give him over four. Wait, does this include special teams? It does. Well, you're, dude, you're setting me up for failure. I'm still going under. <laughs> How about a big goose egg, boys? I don't know if it'll be zero, but it won't be more than four. And no, that's what it is. Oh, you meant current. I thought you meant like for the season. Yeah, I thought you meant for the year. Oh, no. Like right now, zero. He's not made. Pay up. He's not made one tackle three games into the season. Give me my money. All right. Uh, Second part of Nick Quitt's question. Uh, Yes or no, or a quick response, why? He says, do you think Burke needs to sit? Yes or no, or why? Aaron, go for it. No. No, I don't, because he needs the work. Chris. if, If he gets burnt. He has to learn from that. Chris, yes or no? Why? No, no, and I agree with Aaron. He needs the work, and apparently Ryan Day and Jim Knowles thought so as well because I don't know when he came off the field, but I'll tell you what. He was out there a lot longer than the other starters. All right, this one next comes from Kelly Hawk, and Chris, you and I are going to tag team on this one. Kelly Hawk says, updates on the injuries. Well, Kelly, I wish I could give you updates. Uh, Ohio State doesn't allow us to have updates. We don't even – We don't even know who's going to play or who's eligible to play until about an hour before kickoff when they make that known to the media. They are very tight lip about injuries. And of course, the media doesn't get to watch practice. So there's really no way for us to know. All I can tell you is there's a lot of starters right now banged up on both the offense and the defense. Uh, McAllister didn't play yesterday. Um Who's our safety in the backfield? Proctor didn't Proctor. play yesterday. Um, he didn't get any time. Cam Brown went off after the first half, and that's just on the defensive. That's in the defensive backfield. Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, I'm missing someone else in the defensive line who didn't play. Oh, Michael Hall. 
oh. Jr. didn't play yesterday. Um, I guess he was a game time decision. Now let's take a look at the offensive side. Of course, we got Jake, uh, um, we got Jackson Smith the Jigba back. We got Julian Fleming back. They both played yesterday. Um, it looks like they're kind of bringing uh, Jackson Smith Jigba back a little bit slower than than uh, they are Fleming, which I thought was interesting. Um, let's see, the offensive line is good. That's 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 good. But then of course now we've got a banged up running back room. Travion Henderson, uh, he tweaked something yesterday. Was taken out after the first drive. Of course, you know we've uh, we we lost the running back at the beginning of the season. Um, so our running back depth uh, has taken a hit, which is why Chris and I, which is why we both realized after that first kickoff when they talked all week about how they were putting going to put Chip Trianum back there to receive kickoffs after the first kickoff when Henderson went down, they pulled him off of kickoffs right away because they're like, dude, we need the running back depth in case something else happens. So you, you're not, you're not back there anymore. So unfortunately, Kelly, I can't give you too many updates, but that's what I know at this moment right now. Keep your fingers crossed and say your prayers to the football gods that the, the Buckeyes can start to get healthy this week. She also went on Chris to ask us about Sonny styles. She said, is he the real deal? He looks really good. What do you think, Chris is Sonny styles, the real deal? Oh yeah. I think he's absolutely the real deal. This kid and he's only going to get better, Eric. Like we said, he's still a 17-year-old kid with a 17-year-old body out there with 22-year-old men. And he is bringing it, you know, just as hard as some of our starters are right now. I- I'm telling you, this kid's absolutely the real deal. And when he gets going and gets that body developed, he's going to be scary. I mean, he's not just going to be intimidating. He's going to be scary. Yeah, he's the, he's the real deal. Cat Unger wants to know if we think the Buckeyes are going to go all the way this year. She says her answer is yes, that we have an awesome team, and she's so proud of the Buckeyes. Let's say – let's do this right now. At three three games in – I'm kind of adjusting your question, Cat. Three games in, who is better than us, you think, nationally from what you've seen? And do we have a chance to win, yes or no? Start with you first, Chris. Who's better, do you think? And do we have a chance to win, yes or no, and why? Right now, I think there's one team that can make an argument, and that would be Georgia. Uh, They are tough offensively. They are tough defensively. But overall, I think we are fairly evenly matched. Um, I think we have the offensive weapons that can go out there and challenge that Georgia defense. And if we get some improvement out of the defensive uh, side of the ball, which we are right now ranked number uh, 21st nationally defensively. We've all said it. We, we get a top 20 defense. We are national champions. I think we're going to be there. But right now I would say Georgia is the only team in the nation that has a legitimate. Aaron, your turn. Yeah, I think we can go all the way and um, on at least on our level or better would be Alabama and Georgia. And it's not necessarily because of the talent. It's because of the coaching experience. All right, here we go. Last question. Justin Bowman, you win. You get the you get the question of the week uh, uh, label here. He says, what are your thoughts on Dallin Hayden? And man, this is such an in-depth question. We we could have a whole show on this. What are your thoughts on Dallin Hayden and what his time at OSU 
could look like. He wants us to project the career of Dallin Hayden. Keep in mind, we've got Henderson ahead of him, who's a sophomore. You've got Mayan Williams, who's a redshirt sophomore. So this technically could be Mayan Williams' last year if he decides to go pro at the end of the year. You might have Evan Pryor returning back from injury next year, possibly. Um, And let's not sleep on T.C. Caffey uh, getting some more carries, guys. So let's project the career of Dallin Hayden out here and give us your overall thoughts. Who wants to go first on this one? I'll throw it up in the air, and whoever jumps on it gets it. I'll I'll jump at it. I'll tell you right now, I think that Dallin uh, Dallin Hayden – could have a tremendous career. I do think specifically if if Trayvon's injury is anything that's going to keep him down a few games and we see Mayan Williams come out and continue to perform and, and rack it up 7.7 a carry and, and you know just bowling his way through defenses, I think Mayan Williams goes pro. Uh, Travion, of course, he is he is the number one guy. If he comes back, you know, but I could see Hayden jumping over prior into that number two spot next year if if he has a solid year this year. And again, a lot of that per- uh, pertains to how much time are we going to see Henderson out? Because right now it, it's Williams and then Hayden. And, uh, you know, if if Henderson's out any length of time, Hayden's going to jump him in that, on that depth chart. You know, I mean. It, it is what it is. You're going to get rewarded for performance. I really feel like we could be seeing an emerging superstar in Hayden. Um, does, he, does he do it this year? No, but I think he can have a solid year this year, whether it's in cleanup duty or in some extended relief if uh, Henderson's out for a while. And down the road, like I said, I think that Williams, if, if Henderson's out, I think Williams is going to put up enough numbers to where he's going to feel confident going pro after this season. And I really see Hayden sliding up to number two on that depth chart next week or next year at worst. Aaron, your turn. I have no idea what his career is going to look like. <laughs> That's just the truth. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's going to be a superstar. I feel like he's a little bit light. In the behind at this point, if he gains some weight, you know, if he gets up to 210 and, and, and either gets faster or at least maintains his speed, I feel like he could definitely contribute in the future. But um, if Evan Pryor comes back, Travion Henderson comes back, he's third string for at least another two years. Um, and at, at, at the most or at the minimum, rather, uh, Travion goes pro after next year. Uh, Evan Pryor comes back and they're splitting time. And then I don't know what, you know, T.C. Caffey, does he stick around or does he like, is he bolt somewhere else because he knows he has some potential to play elsewhere, uh, you know, quicker? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's I really don't. I'm going to throw a name out there career wise, and I want you guys to think, do you think he could do this without looking up his numbers? I'll tell you his numbers afterwards. He played four years at Ohio State from 2008 to 2011 was the starter for two of those years, one of which uh, was uh, kind of uh, sidelined due to injury, and another one, I think, because of, yeah, he was a part of Tattoo Gate. 
Daniel Boom Heron. Could he be that? I think he could be better. I think his numbers could be better. Just okay. Because, just because the offense allows for it. All right. Let me give you his numbers. All right. Four years. Again, two and a half year starter. 592 attempts for 2,869 yards for a 4.8 yard average, 32 rushing touchdowns. That's pretty good. Yeah, even splitting time. If he plays solid for two years, if he splits time with, say, Evan Pryor, um, I I feel like that's attainable. Yeah. 2010, Boom Heron had 1,155 yards and 16 touchdowns. We forget about that. That was a pretty solid year back then. It is. So, so if you're if 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 you tell me if I told you Justin, Dallin Hayden is going to have the career of a of a Daniel Boom Heron, then I would sign up for that right now, because I think Dallin Hayden was kind of a throwaway recruit. He was an afterthought. He was not the not the big name guys that we were all hoping we would get he was a three-star from Tennessee who has walked on and has gotten the opportunity and is making the most of it at this point so good question Justin I love those kind of what if questions I think they're awesome all right thank you so much for submitting your questions every week we will allow you to do that just go to Facebook submit your question to us or you can email it to us whether that be on Facebook or through Gmail you can reach us at the Ohio podcast at gmail.com all right Chris let's take a trip around the Big Ten tell us how great terrible and okay it was I guess okay well let's start in the east where obviously as we've been discussing Ohio State had a statement win Against a pretty decent uh, Mac favorite in Toledo, uh, the offense scored 11 touchdowns and the defense kept Toledo scoreless on the last six drives. The Buckeyes won 77-21. Uh, Ohio State, by the way, with that big offensive day, uh, regained the top offensive in the nation spot. They also, as I mentioned earlier, are now 21st ranked nationally in defense. That team up north had another big win against a high school caliber opponent in UConn, uh, going uh, winning fifty nine to nothing. Uh, JJ McCarthy did have a pretty good day, fifteen of eighteen, two fourteen. But guys, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around this. Seven different players completed a pass in this game for the Wolverines. Uh, Wolverines came in. You know, defense looked good again. They are the third-ranked defense in the nation, only giving up 194 uh, yards per game. But, but again, let's look at who they're playing. Penn State. Now, I'll tell you what. Penn State, you know, continued a tremendous start to the season by, by taking down the SEC. Penn State handed the Auburn Tigers their first loss. But, guys, they didn't just beat Auburn. They decimated Auburn. Uh, Sean Clifford, solid. On the Penn State rushing attack, you know, a run game. We, you, Eric, you and I were very critical of this run game before the season started. And they had five touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. 41 to 12 route of Auburn. Chris, I have to off. I have to submit my public apology to Kevin already. Yes. He already asked for it. He sent it to me. He with he went six and six question mark okay you got me they look yeah they, you and I they both, look good you and I both Eric hey but I'll tell you 
I hope they look good enough to finally give the team up north a game. That's all I got to say. But the story of this game, the defense. Denny Lyons had four takeaways, two interceptions and two fumble recoveries. Solid effort there. Indiana continues to win and moves to 3-0, holding off Western Kentucky 33-30. Connor Bazelak looked good. He's 33-55, 364 yards, two touchdowns. Senior tailback Josh Henderson had 11 carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. How about Greg Schiano and Rutgers? Now 3-0 after the Scarlet Knights won a defensive struggle versus Temple. And, guys, they did it without an offensive touchdown style. That's right. They went Iowa style in this one. Yeah, Shaquan Royal returned a 43-yard uh, interception touchdown, and the kicker went out there, nailed three or four field goals, and one-on-one on the extra points. 16-14 win for Shiano and Rutgers. Barron also remained undefeated as they surged back after trailing 27-20 to beat SMU 34-10. Talia Tigavailoa, 17-23, 214 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, running back Roman Hemby, 16 carries, 151 and a touchdown. Uh, this defense also added two interceptions and a fumble recovery in the win. Maryland looking pretty good right now. The Spartans of Michigan State suffered the first loss of the season. And, guys, this was the first loss of the season for the Big Ten East. The entire division was undefeated up to this point. 39-28 was the loss uh, to Washington, which is 3-0 at this time. Peyton Thorne looked pretty decent, 30-42, 323, three touchdowns, did have an interception. But the rushing game just wasn't happening. We worried about this a little bit once Walker left. Only 42 yards on the ground, and the defense could not contain former Indiana star Michael Penix Jr., he was 24 of 40, 397 yards, four touchdowns. So that's the East. It's time to move out West, where Minnesota continued to dominate this season as they hold Colorado Buffaloes to 226 yards and one touchdown, while they racked up over 500 yards and seven offensive touchdowns in the 49 to 7 beatdown of Colorado. Tanner Morgan, efficient, 11 to 16, 157. Three touchdowns. Here's my apology. I question Muhammad Ibrahim coming back from injury. But, guys, 23 carries, 202 yards, three touchdowns. This guy's starting to build a Heisman caliber campaign after, you know, a season-ending injury in week one last season. Minnesota has the second-ranked defense in the nation and the second-ranked offense in the nation. They are only trailing the Buckeyes, who are number one offensively. They're averaging 554 yards, 49.7 points per game. As it stands, these two teams could be on a collision course for Indianapolis. So, uh, Wisconsin, they bounced back after last week's surprising loss, trouncing New Mexico State, and they moved to 2-1. Graham Mertz, solid, 12-15, 251 yards, three touchdowns. Balanced running attack. They had three guys who had 10 carries or more, all of them between 71 and 86 yards total, but six rushing touchdowns. Defense also looked good. Three interceptions. 
They kept the Aggies to one touchdown as Wisconsin goes on to win 66-7. Iowa, now 2-1, and one, as the reigning Big Ten West champs finally found a little bit, but very little bit, of offense. Spencer Petras, 14 of 26, 175 yards and a touchdown. Freshman tailback Caleb Johnson, seven carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Defense solid as always, four sacks, 11 tackles for loss, and an interception in taking down uh, Nevada 27 to nothing. Purdue, a team I thought was going to possibly contend in the Big Ten West this season, they're one and two after falling to Syracuse 32 to 29. O'Connell, big game, 39 to 55, 424, four touchdowns, but Mike Sparty, no run game. And the defense allowed three passing touchdowns in the loss. Northwestern, well, they lose again. After starting the season 1-0, the Wildcats have lost their last two. First to Duke last week, and this week, Eric, Southern Illinois. Seriously? I didn't even know that's a school. Yeah. Helinski looked awful. He had two interceptions. The offense also lost two fumbles, and they squandered you know, a few opportunities. They said it one and two. Then there's Nebraska. Guys, what can we say about Nebraska? This team entered this season with a whole lot of promise, but one week after firing Scott Frost, the Huskers suffer their third loss of the season, this time absolutely being destroyed by former Big 12 rival Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a balanced attack. They rushed the ball 54 times for 312 and four touchdowns. Uh, Passing the ball. Quarterback Gabriel with pretty good 16 to 27, 230 yards, two touchdowns. Nebraska is one and three on the season, and the Urban to Lincoln rumors are still churning out there. As Nebraska, I mean, what can we say? They just look bad. Uh, of course, the other uh, team out west, that would be Illinois. Illinois, they took the week off, but you know what? They're two and one on the season. They are playing. Chattanooga this Thursday at 8.30. So, guys, just something to, about the Big Ten this season. Something to keep in mind as we close out the week. After three weeks, seven of the top 21 defenses in the nation are from the Big Ten. Four of the top 20 yard-gaining offenses also are from the Big Ten, as are three of the top 10 scoring offenses. Uh, Big Ten's record overall, 32-11, and 11, which is nearly a 75% winning percentage as a conference. Three teams account for seven of the 11 losses. Half the conference's teams are undefeated. Every team in the conference does have at least one win. So, yeah, the conference has had some bad losses on the season, but overall, the Big Ten as a conference has been solid. Yeah, we're going to beat each other up a little bit, but, but let me just throw this out there. I believe that after surprising starts by Indiana and Rutgers, who will still need, I think, to get an upset, we could see eight bowl-eligible teams out of this conference. Oh, that's not that great. Including the entire East. Got to get that number up to 10. I, I, I don't see 10. I just don't this season. Well, you, you take away Nebraska, Northwestern. I mean, Purdue or Illinois, again, I mean, Purdue's crap in the bed. Yeah, Purdue's crap in the bed. Uh, you know, 
Illinois, maybe an outside chance. Yeah, Iowa maybe. They they should Iowa Iowa should get the six and six at least. Uh, Right now, I'm going to go with eight though, guys. I'm hoping for ten, but I'm going to go with eight. But I do think the entire East makes it. Well, then that means you're only going to go with two from the West. That's right. Minnesota, Wisconsin. That's it. Okay, so Iowa doesn't get the six and six. Purdue doesn't get the six and six. The way Iowa's offense is playing, I know they've got a championship defense. Their offense is awful. Purdue, Purdue isn't helped by their crossover games. Yeah, they they've stumbled a little bit there. Yeah, Dro- dropping the two are they are not helped being helped by their crossover games. Let's finish this podcast by doing something fun. I want you to fill in the last sentence for me, fill in the blank for me to finish, complete this sentence on our way out here. <clears throat> the Big Ten West is, Aaron, you get to go first. The Big Ten West is? Crap. <laughs> Poopy emoji. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to use a different word, but uh, I changed it. Yeah, so was I. PG. <laughs> Chris, the Big Ten West is? Hoping Minnesota doesn't fall. I'll finish. That's the only hope they've got. I'll finish this. The Big Ten West is depressing, and and the reason why there will be no more divisions after this year. <laughs> it's sad. It's bad. It's really bad. Minnesota's good. Outside of that, I mean, I don't even know how good Wisconsin is. To be honest with you guys. So we'll find well, out. We're going to find out. Second best team on the West? Yeah, probably. But like you said, Chris, like how good is that? I mean, as Aaron said, it's it's crap. It's yeah. El Crapo to be Spanish. So or or, or if, if Aaron was going to be French, he would be like, it's Chate. So, yes. so there you go. I mean, that's what we're facing in the West, man. It's not, it's not looking too hot. All right, guys, that is our show for this week. Make sure you tune back in on Thursday for our preview of Ohio State and Bucky Badger. Uh, Chris and I are heading to Pittsburgh, so if you're in that area, we're looking forward to meeting and seeing all of you and having a great pregame tailgate show as we black out the Berg. As always, stay kind to one another, unless you're from the Big Ten West. I owe someone's OH and sing Carbon, Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, boys, OH! I owe! Go Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise and songs through Amaterain. While our hearts rebounding thrill, and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the sea
seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship. Oh.